Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. I want to let you know that this is your home as well. So why don't we give a huge, huge, huge welcome to our Baldavis family this morning. Come on. Fantastic. Wow. You know, once a year we do this Vision Sunday. So today is going to be very different than our regular gathering. You're not going to hear much of a sermon, but instead, this is more like a family talk, if you like. This is more like a heart-to-heart conversation. And if you are new to the rocks, maybe you think, oh, welcome online as well. You are family too. And if you are new and you feel like, Am I intruding in a family conversation, in a family business? You're not. I guarantee you that you are here for a reason. And I'm believing that God will rekindle something in your spirit, in your heart, so that today, from today onward, you will say, I'm going to trust God like I never trusted Him before. So that starting today, you're going to say, I'm going to love my neighbor like I've never loved my neighbor before. Starting today, I'm going to serve like I never served before. I'm going to give at the next level like I've never given before because I believe there's no coincidence in God's plan. Even those of you joining us online, you are as much a part of this Vision Sunday as any of us here in the room, all right? And uh, I'm, I'm so excited about Vision Sunday because it reminds us that God has a vision for us far greater than our own vision. Uh, which reminds me of this quote from Andy Stanley that I always like to show people on Vision Sunday. And he reminds us this way, without God's vision, you may find yourself looking back on a life that was given to accumulating just pieces of paper called money. It is a kind of vision of some sort, but it is the kind of vision that leaves many of us, men and women, wondering, wondering if there was more, wondering what they could have done, should have done, with their brief stay on this little ball of dirt. And Andy is exactly right. This is exactly the sentiment of the Apostle Paul when he wrote his letter to the church in, 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 in Ephesus. Paul says this, For we are God's masterpiece. This morning, maybe you're not feeling like a masterpiece. Maybe your world is upside down right now. Maybe you're not feeling your best. Maybe you're feeling like, nah, this is it for me. This is the end of the road for me. But I guarantee you, this is what God says about you. You are His masterpiece. You're not an accident. He has created us in our innermost being. And because of Jesus, He has created us anew for a purpose. What is that purpose? So that we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. Do you know that? Do you know that God had something special that He planned for you? Not just to do good for yourself, but to do good things for other people. That's God's vision for your life. I think a lot of us had vision that it's far too small than than God intense for every single one of us. And that's the reason why I believe as a church, we need to rally together around this amazing vision that God has for us. And I believe during this season, moving forward, God has this vision for us. And we call this for Perth. And, and this, is, this is something that I, I, I'm hoping, I'm believing, and I'm trusting. It is not just going to be a, a, move, a movement. It's not just going to be an initiative. It's not going to be just a campaign. But I'm trusting God that for Perth is going to be a lifestyle for every single one of us 
for every single Christian in this city, at least starting from here, people who call the, rock, the rocks their home, right? Why is it necessary? Why is this uh, necessary? Last week, I heard a pastor who said this statement, and I think many of you can agree with this statement, that the church is in desperate need of a major rebrand. You know this. You know how tough it is to get spiritual conversation going with your mates, with your friends at school. You know how difficult it is to invite someone to church to start a spiritual conversation and all that. And I'm telling you, um, I have it worse than probably many of you. Every single time I meet someone new at a function or maybe I'm sitting in an aeroplane and someone asks me, hey, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm a pastor. Conversation ender right there. <laughs> so Tim, I'm going to try a new strategy. Next time someone asks me what I do for a living, I'm going to say, a professional assassin. <laughs> I think that will get conversation going, right? How did you get into the business of killing people? What sort of gun do you use? You know, all that conversation maybe will be good. But you know, right? And the reason for that is because as a brand, as a church, we have not been tracking well in terms of letting people know what we are about. And I'm not the only one. McCrindle did a research in 2017. This is how Aussies feel about church, right? Even uh, for people who are negative toward church, when people are called toward church, this is what they say. Uh, church abuse, church is outdated, and judging others are some of the blockers for, for them from coming to church. Even people who are warm to Christianity. They say church abuse, religious wars, and judging others. Those are the reasons why they don't want to have anything to do with church anymore or ever, right? And that's the reason why church attendance in Australia is in sharp, sharp decline. And if you want to know a sobering truth, this is a sobering truth for you. More than 300 churches have been sold in Australia in the past 18 months. And this is according to ABC News in their special Beyond the Church. This is our reality. Stop living in a dreamland. People are abandoning church left and right. And sometimes, sometimes, I have to say, it is not their fault for doing that. Because we haven't been representing Jesus well to our community. That is why we do this, right? Because for far too long, the church has been known for what we are against. We want to be known for what we are for. We are for families, we are for communities, we are for our government, we are for all the leaders uh, in, our, in our community, we are for the businesses, we are for, we are for a lot of things that we have in common with people. I think we need to start changing our strategy, changing our approach. Don't just tell people what we are against, right? We don't have to be antagonistic toward people all the time. But instead, let's find common ground. That's what Jesus did. That's why Jesus was in the trenches. That's why Jesus was with people. And that's the strategy that we're going to adopt. We're going to start by endearing our community. How can we be for Perth? We're going to start by endearing our community. We want people not only to know we're here, to know that we're in Cannington, we're in Baldivis, but we want people to be happy that we're here. We want them to be better off because we're here. And for the past few months, since we started this, this initiative that I'm hoping will become a lifestyle, we've, we've just tried everything that we can. You know, we're not there yet, obviously, but we want to be practical. 
we ask the question, what would Jesus look like to the people in our community? Maybe we can be as practical as giving blood, for example. I don't know if you know, but we have a team with the Red Cross. It's called the Rock's Lifeblood Team. Uh, that's Damon Larry giving his blood. And I, was, I had a conversation with him last week, and he said, you know, Pastor D, my goal is not just to give blood, but I want the Rock's Lifeblood Team to be number one because we are up there now. I think we are in the top five, you know. So please continue to give blood, people, in Baldavis, in Cannington, because we want to be known for our, in our community. Hey, the Rock's people, they're fantastic people. We don't really believe what they believe, but man, I'm glad they're here because they give blood. They help our community. We help clean the Canning River. We want to help clean up the environment, right? I'm glad we have Tim Healy as part of our teaching team because he reminds us like nobody else ever did before. And I'm, I'm glad that he did. He reminded us again and again, hey, it is our responsibility as Christ followers to take care of our planet. And we're going to do that more and more. I guarantee you, churches that are not for the marginalized churches, that are not for the environment, the Gen Z, the Gen Alpha are going to leave churches left and right because they're going to see the hypocrisy in the church. Like you think, you, you said that you care about people. You said you care about it, but you don't even care about our planet. I'm telling you, it's not about the green stuff, but it's about being responsible with what God has given us. We started promoting businesses in our community. Brother of mine in Baldavia is a great place for you to have coffee, have lunch, uh, Cafe 63 in Cannington. And we, when we started promoting these businesses, they like asked us, how much does it cost? You know, because we have 5,000 followers in our Instagram and Facebook. And we tell them, hey, we want to promote your business in our social media. And they ask like, what, what's the catch? Like, no catch. We just want to be your good neighbor. We are for you. We want to see your business succeed. Isn't that what we're here for? You know, we have so much more in common with people. We want to see their family doing well. We want to see their businesses doing well. We want to see, you know, everything that they care about, right, uh, come to reality. That's why we did marriage seminar recently because we believe that we are for marriages as well. I think a lot of divorces could have been avoided if only they have been exposed to the, the right teaching or what it means to be husbands and wives and so on. Um, and also, that's not how, the only way we endear a community Church facility often is a waste of resources in many different places. I went to America and see all these mega churches, right? 3,000 seater, 5,000 seater, empty during the weekdays. They're only filled with people, with cars for four hours or six hours on Sunday. That's a waste of resource. And that's why I want our facility, both in Baldivis and in Cannington, to be used more and more by our community. I'm glad that recent, this is our most recent partner. We partnered with TAFE to provide education for people in our community, adult migrant English program. I talked to the mayor of the city of Canning and I asked the mayor, Mr. Mayor, what do you need most in our community? You know what Mr. Mayor said? He said 55% of people who live in the city of Canning they were born overseas, 55%. That's more than half. And 50% of them, their main language at home is not English. How did to integrate with the society when they can't speak the language, right? What a powerful way to partner with TAFE and provide this education for people. And that's not the only, uh, that's not the only thing we can do with this facility. We're talking with an operator right now to start a commercial cafe in our facility as well. It's going to be fantastic where, you know, we're going to be open throughout the week, 
parents can come, mothers can come, use our playground, bring their kids, and use this amazing space for, for co-working space. Maybe they work from home, but they need to have a meeting with, with you know, TV, Wi-Fi facility. They can use one of our meeting rooms as part of a co-working space. That's my dream. That's, that's what we want to do for this building because the community needs to say, hey, the Rocks building, that's our building too. That's where, that's where we go to get co- good coffee. That's where we go to, to, to relax. That's where we go to work and so on. And the same for Baldivis as well. I'm really, really excited. This project got delayed a little bit last year because of COVID. But man, man, this project is going to go underway really, really soon. We're going to renovate the foyer. It's going to look fantastic. And we're going to create commercial-grade kitchen where, again, you know, with the right operator, we're going to open a commercial cafe where people can come, especially... Now, I don't know if you know, but in Valdivis, a new childcare was just built across the street from our church. Man, imagine if the parents can come to our church and relax while they wait for the children or while they wait to pick up the kids and so on. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to work with them, maybe provide after-school care in our facility. I don't know. But, man, I would like to use our building more and more for the use of the community around us. That's how we endear our community. And not only that. I'm so excited that as a church, we are, we are one of the founding churches of this network of churches called ICN, Irresistible Churches Network, where we desire for every community, every community, that's our dream, every community in Australia and New Zealand will have a church like ours who are not looking inward only, but looking outward all the time, thinking about what we can do for the community. Those are my three good friends, Jono, Chris, and Kevin. Look at Kevin's t-shirt, For the Gold Coast. Right? Imagine if the four movement is in every city in our country where people who are far from God will start realizing, man, these churches are great. They're actually for us. They're not against us. And that's the beauty of becoming part of this network where we're going to plant all the different churches in every community so that every community will have a church that is for the people and not against them. So that's the first thing, endear our community. And then we're hoping, as they're glad that we're here and better off we're here, they mean they will show up in our Sunday gathering. And when they do, we want to inspire them. We want them to say, I'm glad I came and I can't wait to come back and bring a friend. That's why we do what we do every Sunday. What we, what, our messages are for the Christians but we wrap it in a package that makes the non-Christians, people who are far from God, they understand, oh, I understand exactly what's going on. I don't believe what you believe yet, but man, I'm glad I came. It's helpful for me. I want to come back and maybe even bring a friend. That's what we want to do next. We want to endear our community, inspire our congregation, and the last part is the most important. I don't want you to miss it because we cannot endear our community. We cannot continue to inspire our congregation unless people who call this church home grow. So our desire is to recruit, to train, to equip students and adults to be followers of Jesus Christ. When I notice Christianity, especially Christianity in the West, 
there's a strong emphasis on believing in Jesus. And that's great. If you're not a Christ follower today, I want to let you know that Christianity is not about doing, it's not about going to church, reading your Bible, giving your money. No, all those are fantastic. But Christianity is about believing in Jesus, putting your trust in Jesus for your life, even for your eternal life. That's why Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not die, but have everlasting life. That's important. Believing in Jesus is important. It will get you eternal life. But let me tell you something sobering. Believing in Jesus alone is not going to change your life. It'll get you to heaven But believing in Jesus alone is not going to change your marriage. It's not going to change your community. It's not going to change your church. Only following Jesus will do that. This church is built not on the shoulders of believers of Jesus or admirers of Jesus or big fans of Jesus. This church is built on the shoulders of people who decided to follow Jesus. Yeah? And I think... That's the, that's the emphasis that we need to make from now on to our younger generation. We need to coach them and train them, not just to believe in Jesus, but to follow Jesus. And that's the strategy of Jesus. When he was walking on earth, he said this to Matthew. If you don't know Matthew, Matthew was public enemy number one. The last person you would think, to, you know, who, who want to follow Jesus. But this is what Jesus said. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. And this is what Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. So anyone can follow Jesus. You can follow Jesus before you believe in him. And a lot of you did that. That's why we said in this church, this is a place where you can belong before you believe. You, need, you can learn to follow Jesus before you believe. And a lot of the disciples of Jesus did not believe in Jesus until much, much later. So following Jesus is what's going to change your life. And let me tell you, Matthew's life was changed upside down because he decided to follow Jesus. That's the reason why we got the gospel of Matthew, right? He didn't stop tax collecting. After he followed Jesus, he still threw a party with his tax collector friends, and he invited Jesus along as well. But slowly but surely, as you follow Jesus, your life will change. I guarantee you that. Your life will change, right? That's why Jesus said it's important for you not to just believe, but to follow me. He said it in Matthew 7, 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, that's the key word, follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a sol- on solid rock, like the song that we just sang. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, if you listen to my teaching, if you listen to a sermon, and then you say, mm-hmm, amen. Jesus said to you right now, I don't care how many notes you write. I don't care how many times you shake the pastor's hand. But unless you put what you hear into practice, You're like a person who built his house on sand. Rain came, wind blew, and everything is going to be knocked over, right? Listen to this quote that I read this week as well. Every Christian fail is the failure of a person who may believe correctly, but had not been following Jesus. Think about that. Every pastor that you read who failed, right, is a person who may believe in Jesus correctly, 
but they had not been following Jesus for a long, long time. That's why we need to shift our emphasis from just believing in Jesus. Because like I said, believing in Jesus is going to get you eternal life. But it's not going to change anything. That's our mission here at The Rock is very simple. We want to inspire people to follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus in, at home, in your workplace, in your, in your school. I want you to be a follower of Jesus Christ, right? Why is this important? This is important because it goes all the way back around, right? Unless you follow Jesus, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, no matter what program we put in this church, we're not going to be able to endear our community. That's not going to happen unless every believer in Jesus Christ decides to follow Jesus. So, what are you going to do? I want you to put what you heard today into action. Vision Sunday is great, but Vision Sunday without action, again, it's not going to do anything. He who hears the word of mine, but not put it into practice, that's not going to help any, anyone any. So this is what uh, a statement that I read again. Vision without action is merely a dream. The action without vision passes time, but vision and action can change the world. Let me give you one last verses, okay, from the Apostle Paul. And I hope this will remind you, this will inspire you to follow Jesus. This is what Paul says. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to. Isn't that a vision statement? In order to. Paul has a clear vision in his mind. This is what I want to do with my life. I'm a free man. I'm not bound by any law. I'm not bound by anything. But because I have this clear vision ahead of me, I, I give my life to serve others. I become a volunteer. Why? To reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I give money, I work hard, I serve because of them. That's my vision. I'm for them, Paul said. And he concluded by saying this way, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. The finish line, again, that is his vision, isn't it? He has a clear finishing line that he wants to reach, that he wants to go to. I, I, I'm running hard toward that vision, that finish line, and I'm giving it everything I got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. I wonder how many Christians get caught napping but when they realize it, when they wake up to realize it, it's too late. Time is running out. Paul says, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to get caught napping. I'm going to be so focused to go toward that finish line. Here's a last quote from Andy Stanley in his book, Visioneering. If you decide that what God is asking to do with your life is just too much on you, it is just a little too inconvenient, then you will never see the miracles that He has for you. It's not just the miracles of living well. And Jesus 
can do that. When you follow Jesus, Jesus can make you better at life, make your life better. But Jesus doesn't guarantee you're going to be the next Elon Musk. He doesn't guarantee you're going to be the next Bill Gates. But He guarantees miracles for people who choose to follow Him. Miracles of changed lives around you. Not, just, not only your life being changed, but your family's lives being changed. Your communities being changed. The church being changed. That's God's guarantee. But it comes with a price. But imagine with me, this is where I will finish. Imagine with me if every young person in our church, from the next gen all the way to youth, is being mentored and, and, and taught how to follow Jesus, not just to believe in Jesus. Imagine if every husband in our church decides to follow Jesus. Mm, our marriages in this church is going to be hot. Right? Imagine if every wife submit to their husbands the way, Christ, the way we submit to Christ. Imagine if every believer in Jesus Christ decides, today is the day I'm going to stop just being a believer, which is fantastic. It'll get me eternal life. But today, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because only if I follow Jesus can I change the world. Only when I follow Jesus can I change my church, can I change my family, can I change my society, okay? So soon, Tim Healy is going to step on the stage to explain to us what we can do to put this, what you have heard, into practice. But before that, listen to what some of, the, what some of you said about Four Press. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit the rocks dot church